What's up? I'm cold. It's cold Dude, down here. It's cold. I was actually going to start off with that. You took the words out of my mouth. It is cold down in the dungeon today. And also, like, I know that caffeine is a drug, and I get that. But, like, if I don't have an evening coffee, I just don't know how to function. Like, I'm ready to go to bed. It's 8 o'clock, bro. And I'm like, all right, day's over, nighty-night. I feel like with that, like, you have to have the willpower to want to persevere. I say that, have... You literally drink an energy I, I ha- It's not an energy drink. It is an energy refresher, which is coming to the lineup of 15 West Coffee. It's a 15 West energy drink. Essentially... It's a green tea so, energy refresher. I, it's so good. And I'm not going to lie. What I, got what me I mean a little by juice. that is you had your caffeine. Yeah. So you're allowed to say, persevere, babe. Yeah, just persevere. I still feel like there's days where I don't have caffeine. I just literally evening. can't function. I want to go to bed right you're now. Like, there's no excuses. I didn't have it. I always, I love to make that joke like... Um, like caffeine is the drug of choice for Christians because I mean, every church you go to, there's like a coffee bar, a coffee, something you go, you go to a pastor's convention. If you didn't drink coffee before you went, you did, you started cause they just have coffee everywhere. It's always coffee with churches and it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, you say it's a drug and then people get all up in arms and stuff, but you, you get the idea. It's a uh, satrical. And I, I don't even I find know what that word means. Satire. It's like um, prodding Satrical? fun at something. Yeah. Is that a word? I've never heard that word in my whole I life. I choose to use it. Satirical? Like, yeah. It's like you're using it in satire. Like I'm. I'm. This. This joke is satire. I feel so like you made a that Satirical up. remark. I don't know. Somebody's gonna be like, "No, AJ, that's not real." Or they're gonna be like, "Nah, Calista, he's totally right." So we're gonna. I can the- think of one person in my head right now that's gonna text me as soon as she hears this and tell us the correct answer. Yes, me too. And. <laughs> I, you know, I'll look it up whenever you start talking later. Um, but today, I want to introduce what we're going to be talking about on this episode, and it is miracles. Now, before you get all freaked out, listener, about like, oh man, miracles and signs and healings and wonders and stuff like that, <clears throat> I'm not talking that. I bet they could hear that yawn. Trying my best. That here. was a thick yawn. I'm like tired. you inhaled a lot of air on that one. I'm ready for bed, bro. Okay, here. Why don't you start us off then? Because if you are talking, you might not be so tired. Let's start us off talking about miracles. Miracles. Yep. All right. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Actually, I'll take this one. <laughs> I'm like you. You did this. This was your thing. Okay. So let's let's start here. Let's go with like, what made you want to talk about this? So there's a new song, um, out by Elevation Worship, and it's called Another One. And I don't really like the the album art. I guess that they used on Spotify because it's like a semi truck with wings on it, and I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't know. And I'm, I'll admit it, I'm judgy of Elevation. And I th- You're judgy of mu- music in I'm, general. Well, I'm judgy of music in general, but then Christian music, I'm obviously much more critical because I want to make sure the music I'm listening to is theologically correct. Um, if other people listen to it and they connect with Jesus on it, then that's fine. You're if, if it's not filthy music and you can find a relationship with Christ in it, power to you. I'm not going to down what you're listening to unless it's heretical. I would like to have a conversation. Anyway... A lot of elevation music can bother me because it seems more me, me, me than God, God, God. 
and I'm a big elevation I fan. Have a problem with I'm just some of that. gonna so, I'm just gonna go out yeah, on a thing and, and if say Crystal it. listens to it, I'm not like having this hard talk with her. Like you need to watch what you listen to. Um, but I personally can't worship to some of that music. And there's days that I can. There's days I'm like, you know what, Lord, I need I need you to be for me right now because I literally cannot. Um, so I need to connect with you on a me level right now. And we'll have those days. And then you can talk about Bethel Church and all that going on. So the reason I state all of that is because I see this song and I skip past it on my Discover Weekly or my release radar on Spotify. I skip past it. I'm like, not doing this because I'm judgy old music judge AJ. And then it ends up coming on and I don't know who it is. And like the Lord blindly led this song to me. And it is one of my favorite songs right now. And it talks about miracles. And in the, the lyrics, it's like, I hope you're something along the lines of like, I hope you're ready for a miracle because here comes another one and another one is on the way. And just talking about miracles and getting pumped up about a wonder working, miracle working God. And and the Lord spoke to me because I was, I was struggling. I'm like, why do I like this song so much? Like, because I feel connected to the Lord whenever I listen to it. I feel I feel very connected to God, and I feel like I worship Him strongly in this song. And I'm like, what is it? Am I feeling feelings just because it's a, a well-written song? Because it's like it pumps me up. Like, what about this song is making me feel the way that I do? And, and am I really worshiping to it? Because, again, I, I analyze these things. And I just feel like, there's not often that the Lord audibly speaks to me and I can hear something from him, but I really feel like I heard from the Lord him say, you're connecting with me right now because I need you to believe in miracles. Because so many times as I sat there and judged elevation worship and I, and I think I said this a couple messages ago, um, on stage, I said, I judge charismatic churches and I need to smack that phrase out of my mouth. Because I look at some of these churches and I say they're over charismatic and they their worship isn't authentic and and I get in this pastoral judgment mode of how people operate their church, their congregation, and their time of worship. And 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 pastors, other pastors, I don't know how many other pastors listen to this. I would bet you money that you would find yourself in this situation at one point or another too, especially reformed theologians. You're going to find yourself in these situations where you're like, this church isn't authentic and their worship is, is self-centered and not God honoring. When we're singing this song about miracles happening and believing that God's going to continue to do miracles. And if you're like, Oh, they're just charismatic and they're just begging for a miracle to happen. So they can, they can use emotion over relationship what I heard God say to me in this moment was, maybe you don't believe in miracles because you're not around enough people that miracles can be performed. Maybe you don't think I can perform miracle after miracle after miracle because you're not saturating yourself with people that need miracles. Well, that and I think too, like, we kind of, at least for me personally, you know, I I believe in miracles, obviously. Oh, for sure. Um, I do too. Like I, I, like I'm literally a miracle, you know. Like as a yeah. baby, like I say that, like, but like I, literally as a baby, I died, like, like mm-hmm. literally died multiple times through, through my walk of depression. I would say I'm absolutely a miracle. I don't, and so yeah. I believe fully in miracles. Um, but I think that it's hard sometimes. Like, there's multiple times whenever I'm reading through the Bible, and I'm like. I want that kind of faith. Right. Like when I read about some of these people in the Bible that had just these 
this big faith where they just, it took nothing and they just believed with their whole hearts that God was going to do this huge thing. And I had, I feel like I kind of talked about this a couple, not a couple weeks ago, a long time ago on the podcast. I went to this conference and this girl was talking about her testimony and how um, she went to this church that was kind of like a more quiet church, but this person was had cancer and they were going for a checkup and she just stood up and like was like, you know, like, God's going to take this cancer from you, Lord. I pray this cancer out of it. Like, and she believed that it was going to happen. And the next day the person came back and it, the, her cancer was completely gone. Just wild. And I'm just like, I, and I like get frustrated because I'm like, why can't I do that? Like, why can't I just pray over pray for somebody miracle. and it just happened? But then I think to myself, it's because you, you don't fully believe that that's yeah. going to happen. You don't believe that if you speak this into existence that God will will make it happen. And so I'm guilty of that myself. And, you know, that's something I've been working on for a while. But and I even went so far as to be like um, <clears throat> one of our good friends had um, gestational diabetes. And I remember um, shortly after this conference is when I found out about it. And I remember um, praying over her and um, just like demanding the gestational diabetes to go away, you know, and, and like doing that. And, and I remember telling God, like, Lord, if you just do this for me, like, I will, like, I will just all in, like, I got you. Like, if you can just show me that this is real and that you can do this. And then like, it didn't happen. And I was like, what in the world? Like, God doesn't work on our conditions, first of all. Right. But second of all, I still think like, if I'm saying like, if you do this, then I will, you know, then that's still me not fully believing, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's hard. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a humble place. We should be humble and, and we can't, like you said, demand God to do something. So I think when we have a little bit of disbelief, it's like, well, God, I'm not telling you to do something because I can't tell you to do anything, but like, I believe that you can do this. And if it's your will, I believe that you're going to do it and to really believe that he can. I think there's where that big thing comes from. And so whenever there's churches out there and there's people out there and there's groups and there's worship bands saying like, God, you've got miracles coming. You've got miracles coming. It's not necessarily that I don't believe in miracles, but whenever I hear congregations yelling that out, the first place that my mind goes is it's they're trying to put on a show, right? Like something that cult leaders did back in the day, and they still do it now. I think, you know, those sort of uh, miracle sign wonder working Cults were more of a 70s kind of thing, but that it was the miracle healers, right? Like somebody's sitting down and the pastor touches them and they fall out of their chair. And there's this wizardry nonsense where the person's shaking and seizing on the floor and they're like, my diabetes is gone. And not something like that. I'm not talking about healings in church where the congregation's stomping around and it's crazy. But whenever you hear a church like, here comes some more miracles, here comes some more miracles, and it's like, okay, we're inducing this thing, right? What if they actually believe that? And what if they believe that because it's possible? Like I said, what haunted me from it is not that I don't believe in miracles. It's that whenever these people are saying that, I judge them, but I don't know what's happening in their congregation because the hard fact could be they could have 15 drug addicts in their congregation at that moment and everybody's close enough, they know, and they're like, there's miracles (laughs) happening today. Well, not only like... Even if you don't know, like we talked about a couple of weeks yeah. ago, there are people struggling in our own church that we just don't know about. That was my second. That's kind of where I go second with this is 
maybe I don't believe in miracles because I think everything's perfect. Maybe like our church doesn't need a miracle because I don't know what's going on and I don't need to know what's going on. But for me to say like, oh no, our church doesn't need any miracles. How lofty am I to say that there's not somebody struggling with sin right now? Like I should be praying for miracles that, that somebody who walked into church last Sunday would jump into church this Sunday and then proclaim it and say, I was too ashamed to say something about this, but I feel the Lord has removed it from my heart. And I want to tell you what God did in my life. Right. Or people that come to our church faithfully who maybe they're just seat dwellers, you know, like, yeah, let's pray that they have a fire, you know, and that a miracle would happen yeah. that they would be like, I'm ready to serve. Like, Not that I their life served, was in shambles or anything, yeah. but they, that a miracle would happen and, and turn a heart of stone to a heart of flesh and where it kind of, where I end up in scripture. And then we'll go ahead and move on from this is John chapter 10, um, starting in verse 22, Jesus at the festival of dedication and you read, Then at the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem, and it was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I did tell you, and you didn't believe, Jesus answered them. The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. And I and the father are one. If I did tell you and you don't believe, all the works I do in my father's name testify about me. And it's like, if I know Jesus and if I love Jesus and if I trust Jesus, why do I not think that he can just continue to perform miracles? So where I encourage you with this friends is stop taking everything so seriously. You're not the decider of what Jesus can and can't do. We should have strong doctrine. We should read into things and we should be very, very wary of false teachers, false healers, false prophets, all of the wickedness that can go on in the world. But pray big prayers that God's going to do big things and and stop being so wrapped up in your worry of what people could do that you miss what God is doing. Another thing that I just want to bring up now that you say, like, just pray big prayers and believe that they'll happen. So something that I found super interesting, and I know um, she won't mind me sharing because it was a prayer request that she submitted online, but um, our new pastor's wife, Lizzie, um, had told me the other day, like, listen, if you could just pray with me that I'm specifically praying that our condo sells within 10 days of it listing. And that caught me off guard at first, and I was like, like, that's such a specific prayer. Yeah. And I was just like, that's bold. Like, and the more I thought about it, the more I was like, why am I not that specific in my prayers? Right. You know, like, why am I not like, I believe you can do this and I'm going to pray this. It's all in your time, Lord. Like, we know it's in his time, but I don't give it unless you ask. Right. And so right? that I just found that to be so like, I just loved it so much. And, and I have been, I encourage you to do the same to, to, you know, intercede with her on that. Um, but yeah, I just found that so interesting. Like, big prayers like don't be scared to pray big prayers yeah so good stuff good stuff this uh episode drops on valentine's, valentine's day. day on the day of love, day of love. <laughs>
Or the day of huge disappointment if your love doesn't do things for you, or if you don't have anybody to love. <laughs> then it's really, really painful and, and alone. Stop! What's the matter <laughs> with you? Know. I'm sorry. Hopefully you're not you're not painful <laughs> and alone because you're listening to us. Wait. And if it isn't Valentine's Day when you listen to this, then now it's weird because I'm singing to you. And if you're wearing headphones, then I'm really singing to you from inside <laughs> your ears. If there was a guitar, you'd totally tell I'm in key. I'm playing in the key of nope. You're a mess. <laughs> AJ told me to look up facts about Not Valentine's a lot of good Day, facts about but Valentine's yeah, Day. so that's lame. Really? So instead, I looked up facts about chocolate. Ah, there we go. Kind of goes cacao? Hand hand. Cacao, yeah. Okay, so here's some fun facts about cacao. Um, there's some ones on here that are honestly kind of like they make me chuckle, but um, some interesting ones were um. The beans were once used as a form of currency. Wow. So that's interesting. Yeah, man. Um, the first chocolate bar was created in 1847. The way that they worded this next one just had me like cracking up. Chocolate has a melting point just below the human body temperature. Why was did you use that <laughs> as a point? I don't know. It's like, why? Why did we do that? Because everybody knows it's 98.6. It's like that Nate Bargatze, um, George Washington skit. So like, weird. What will the human body temperature be regulated at? You know, 98.6. Yeah. Everybody will remember that. So weird. Um, let's see. The world's largest chocolate bar weighed 12,000 pounds. It's not a chocolate bar. That's a... Chocolate chunk. It's a yeah. chunk of chocolate. <laughs> that's, a, ooh, that's a chocolate landmass. That thing is huge. 12,000? Mm-hmm. Six tons. It's a lot of chocolate, bro. Ooh. Um, chocolate was first consumed as a beverage. Ew. Gross. I mean, hot chocolate, I guess. Uh. But, eh. Um, white chocolate is not technically chocolate, which makes sense why I like it. I'm not a big chocolate fan, for those of you that don't know me very well. Um, it takes about 400 cacao beans to make a pound of chocolate. Wow. So that's a lot. Um, this random. Napoleon Bonaparte was Bonaparte. a... Was, Bonaparte. Oh, shut up. Jeez Louise. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish that fact. No, we all want to know. Mm-mm. Do you know who Napoleon was? Nope. He was the very small, shorter, a very small French man. Wonderful leader. He's a intense war leader. Yeah, Come well, on. apparently he was a fan of chocolate. That's I literally, that's the fact. That's like, right. you know, I'm going to just, can I add one in? AJ Harris, also a fan of chocolate. I do like chocolate. I like dark, dark, I like dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh I like dark goodness. chocolate. The like fear of running out of chocolate is called chocolate. Chocoholism. Chocoholism? Oh my gosh, that is not a real thing. Apparently. So like, I'm a chocoholic. The largest chocolate sculpture ever made weighed over 22,000 pounds. Holy cacao. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting to use that. I'm not really impressed. Chocolate can help improve athletic performance. That's the real reason why you're so strong, babe. Ooh, you got it. Ah, It's got caffeine in it. Um... Let's see. Chocolate has been used as medicine to cure the blues. Just kidding. Actually, um, I did hear a thing way back in the oh, day. Oh, wait. The next fact says chocolate can help improve your mood, so I wasn't wrong. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I heard a thing back in the day that a Hershey's Kiss uh, actually scientifically like releases as much, if not more, dopamine and serotonin than a hugging embrace from a loved one. 
just because of what chocolate does in your mouth and all the chemicals and everything it, it does it releases your happy cells as if you were to give somebody a hug or a kiss which is probably why they call it actually my dad told me today i don't know how accurate this is but he told me today that the reason the hershey kiss is called a kiss is because um whenever the person who made it they wanted to just make chocolate drops is where hmm. it originated from but when it came out of the machine it made like a sound and so then they named them chocolate kisses that's fun yeah okay last chocolate fact it is just bizarre to me this is the um bonus fact on here whoa did you know that lots of people from the uk think american chocolate tastes like sick sick (laughs) ah george it tastes (laughs) ill Um, that people in the UK think our chocolate tastes like sick. I like how their, you know, like studious term was lots of people. Yeah. This was not like Did a Did you know a that scholarly, lots of people? What's the unit of measurement for lots of people? More than 50, but no, no less than 100? I don't know. It's super weird. American chocolate contains a higher sugar content and lower yeah, cacao. Cacao! Content resulting in a sweeter, less cocoa rich taste. I like the bitter. Huh. Bitter chocolate. Why does American chocolate taste like sick? What does that even mean? <laughs> the perception that American chocolate tastes like sick can be attributed to the presence of. Help me. You don't know either. I think you'd pronounce that buttrick. <laughs> <laughs> buttrick acid in some American chocolate recipes. So buttrick like acid is a compound found in milk products and is also present in rancid butter and vomit, which is. Which is why it might evoke a quote sick taste association. I've never tasted. I mean, I don't even like chocolate, but I can't say I've ever tasted it. I can't say I've ever eaten a Hershey's almond and been like, "Mm, "That's rancid butter for sure." Yeah. Listen, that reminds me. Today, my mom helped me clean the church, and um, she's like, "Man, the youth." trash really smelled so bad like i don't know if somebody like threw up in it or what happened but it smelled so bad and i remembered that our free snack on wednesday last wednesday so a week ago was cereal so everybody had thrown their like milky cereal bowls it was just rotten milk a little tiny potato rolled its way behind our stove and we thought it was a dead mouse because it just rotting potatoes so bad mouse if you don't know and we looked and couldn't find anything. And then finally we found this itty-bitty potato that had... Ugh. So bad. Yeah. That's sick. Not chocolate. That's sick, yeah. All right, friends. Enjoy Adios, your uh, Valentine's chocolates and flowers. Hopefully they don't taste like sick.